0: Charlie, have you ever stood at the edge of a subway platform with someone and and you thought, just for for a split second, what if I
1: pushed them? No, not really. Usually I follow the Judeo-Christian ethic
0: of thou shalt not kill, but that's just me, you you know.
1: And look how vulnerable we are. And I could do anything to you in your sleep. Stick a needle in your... So I Married an Axe Murderer. Rated PG-13. Sneak Preview, Saturday night, July 17th.
0: so what's the problem, in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if a problematic by today's standards.
1: I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing So I Married an Axe Murderer, which was released in the US on July 30th, 1993, and in the UK and Ireland on November 19th, 1993. It was written by Robbie Fox and directed by Tommy Schlamy. That's what they call him, Tommy Schlamy. <laughs> uh, it stars Mike Myers, Nancy Travis, Anthony Lep- Lepaglia. Uh, Amanda Plummer and Brenda Fricker.
0: So what's going to happen is this. Uh, Jen and I have thought three problems this movie has, three each, and uh, a positive one. We'll have a little discussion. And the very short synopsis is Charlie, a poet who has no luck with women, falls in love with Harriet. However, he soon starts suspecting her to be a dangerous serial killer.
1: Mm-hmm. So Jen, do
0: you have any history with this movie?
1: I saw it when I was younger. <laughs> um... I mean, I think I just, like, I rented it one time and watched it, and then Aye. Dylan and I got the DVD, who knows how long ago, 10, 15 years ago, and I watched it then, but that's it. I've just seen it a couple times.
0: Yeah, you see, I was a huge Wayne's World fan mm-hmm. back in the early 90s. I loved the movie Wayne's World. Rent out the, like, the best of Saturday Night Live, VHS tapes you would get, and one of them was um, Mike Myers. So when he releases really a movie like without Dana Carvey, without like you know the uh, dressed up like Wayne, and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see you know what else what else he's got in his his repertoire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I rented it and I enjoyed it at the time, and I think I've seen it a couple of times since, uh, but I don't actually think I've I've seen it in nearly 25 years. Uh, so that's why I wanted to pick it. But I could still I still remembered things vividly from it. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember the, the two F-bombs in the movie. <laughs> I remember those vividly, for some reason. I don't think there was anything I forgot.
1: I didn't remember very much. Yeah,
0: no, you have Including
1: the ending, I didn't remember <laughs> the ending, so. You didn't remember who the culprit was? No, no. So the whole time I'm like, is she the axe murderer? I don't know. Yeah, well, the title's called So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. See, you were like, last week you were like, the boy who could fly, they give it away in the title. But Mm -hmm. you could say the same about this, but they don't. Well, they they give away that
0: he marries her, and that's not until, like, an hour into the movie. I guess that's true, yeah. But yeah, she's not an axe murderer. Her sister is. I will start with my problems. And my first problem is, Jen, Mike Myers' shtick, his comedy shtick, because I think it works for characters like Wayne and Austin Powers, but it's just when he like at the beginning when he has things like "Hello," yeah, and he does the um, <laughs> my sight stuff and that at the beginning, it's like, okay, I, I think this is the wrong movie for that because mm-hmm. you're playing a normal person, you're not playing someone in a heightened reality like Wayne or Austin Powers. You're playing someone who's supposed to be in the real world per se. It's not that's not a thing that you should be doing later on he even does it with the dad like when the dad's doing the whole when the, the, the guy is playing the bagpipes and the, he touches the guy with the bagpipes and mm. goes ow, hot, kind of thing and all this silly improvised stuff at the butchers where he scares away customers it just it, it doesn't make Charlie a likeable person, yeah. it makes him annoying Um, so if he just toned that down and just like played it kind of semi normally I think he would have been a better character so that's my first problem, what's your first problem?
1: I guess Kind of that, and also just that he doesn't seem to have much of a personality. Like, besides just being kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like we get to know very much about him.
0: No, he's bad with women. He's paranoid. hmm And he's annoying. Yeah. If he's like, out on a date with a woman and he goes, hello, mm-hmm. then she's going to break out of him.
1: Did he have a job besides being a beat poet? No. H- How does he make a living? I thought not That was really bothering me. <laughs> I was like, there's no way... <laughs> You're living in San Francisco and making a living just being a beat poet.
0: Yeah, it, it makes no sense. I mean, his parents have got quite a nice house. Mm-hmm. I assume uh, retirees, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So what So what was your first
1: problem? Just just the character. I wish it was fleshed out a little more. Yeah. It was hard for me to find like big problems with the, the movie, so. Yeah, there's nothing major in it, but
0: yeah, there is stuff that annoys me personally.
1: I just wish they'd given him some characteristics that made him a little more likeable. But
0: I think that's what they were supposed to be. I think that's what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to make him funny and make him likeable. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. They were probably just letting Mike Myers go. But Mike Myers can't do anything else other than his Wayne or, you know, um, his Austin Powers thing or anything like that. He that's, that seems to be Mike Myers. And it's like, but you're not playing Mike Myers or Wayne. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're playing this different guy who's supposed to be likable and you're making him into a dick. Who who goes around like in a butcher shop pretending that he's cut off his hand with meat hanging off the sleeve. Who and let's not get into the the um health and safety problems in that butcher's because there's a lot of violations. <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of gross stuff was happening in that butcher's. So, my second problem, my second, not second, my second problem is Shrek. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching this for the first time, I, I accepted the Scottish accent, right? Mm-hmm. I let it lie. It was fine. It was funny enough. Um, he pronounces things that we would pronounce as a Scottish person occasionally. Like heed instead of head. Other ones that I forgot, but I've written them down somewhere else. But he does say, oh, calling a woman hen affectionately mm-hmm. that's he calls his wife hen. That's something that we would day de- do <laughs> something we would do um is call a woman hen affectionately. Mm-hmm. But watching like this and then later on there's fat bastard and then you've got Shrek after Shrek after Shrek I've come to the conclusion that I fucking hate a Scottish accent. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. Um, I don't think it's particularly good Scottish accent. I don't know why his parents couldn't couldn't have been from Liverpool, because Mike Myers' dad was from Liverpool, and he does a a pretty good Scouse accent. Mm -hmm. When he's in interviews and stuff, he's done impressions of his dad. Why couldn't he have done that? Why did it have to be Scottish? And now he's just lumbered as... The guy who does the Scottish voice. but Brenda Fricker is Irish and her Scottish accent is better. It's it's not too bad. Yeah. So what's your second problem?
1: This is a thing that happens sometimes in movies and TV shows that I really hate. Um, Mm -hmm. So we get to the point where we're thinking she might be a murderer, right? Like he's on his honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden she starts acting really like suspicious and kind of creepy and stuff. That drives me crazy. Like, it would just have her be normal. Mm -hmm. Like, that would probably work better, I think, than all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's turning creepy. I don't like it. That's like on um, Buffy, when Buffy starts to suspect her sister is evil, and all of a sudden Dawn's, like, acting kind of creepy. Like, that's, that's I don't, I don't like that. It It's the kind of thing that not only doesn't really work for me, but. I think it makes things worse when you watch things again, like when you rewatch mm-hmm. them and you know that the person isn't evil. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I wish I could think of more examples than Buffy, but I know I've seen it a bunch.
0: But that's that's how I was feeling watching this because I knew the twist. I knew mm-hmm. what what was happening. So just seeing her acting sus, it was like they're, they're laying that on a bit too thick. Yeah, I know. I know it's not her. But even like back then, watching it, I was probably like, no, yeah, it's a bit much. Because There's bound to be a twist, it's not just going to be he's right, mm-hmm. and she tries to kill him, and she doesn't. The end, it
1: just doesn't make sense that her behavior would change so much. And I know that part of it is that she's they justify it by it's like she's supposed to be um nervous because she wants she needs to tell him about how about her other husbands and stuff, mm-hmm. but she's not acting nervous, she's acting creepy. That's
0: that's a uh, bad direction, um, that Nancy Travis was getting, I think.
1: And I expect better of Tommy Schlamy. Yeah. When I saw who directed this movie, mm-hmm. it just, like, blew my mind. I wasn't expecting it, because I know him from Sorkin shows. Like, he did the pilots for West yeah. Wing and Sports Night and Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And it's, like, like these, like, serious Sorkin—well, S- Sports Night isn't serious, but, you know, it. I didn't expect it to be the same director of this movie.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I- there was a lot of trouble making this movie, apparently. yeah because Robbie Fox is credited as the the sole writer, but it's it's not true. There was many writers in this.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Including Mike Myers and his friend, his name, I can't remember. Um, But he's like an English guy. Yeah, he's an English guy. Because Mike Myers used to work in the UK. He came over here and did some stuff um, for children's television. He worked on the Wide Awake Club. And Neil Malaski, I think is his name, um and him and Neil Malasky became friends and they became writing partners and um for their stuff on Uh Wide Awake Club. He wanted Malasky to get credit for this because a lot of what you see in this movie is actually Neil Malasky's work, but the Writers Guild of America said no. And um, apparently, Conan O'Brien added stuff into this movie, and Carrie Fisher. <laughs> And some other people, you know, uh, the the script doctor people. Mm-hmm. But Robbie Fox got sole writing credit,
1: which is bullshit. I don't understand sometimes how the writing credits work.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, Neil Malaski's British, so I don't think maybe he wasn't. And he's not in the Writers Guild of America. I was, I was trying to think what my third problem would be. I didn't write it until like an hour ago. Because I couldn't think of it. I I did have ideas, but I couldn't think of it. But then I remembered the fourth wall break, where um, Rose kicks him in the balls, Mm -hmm. and he turns to the camera and makes a pained face, and then he kicks her between the legs. Mm -hmm. And then he, still looking at the camera, gives a smile, like a wee wry smile, like, you know, that feels better, because I did it to her, and I hated that. But if that wasn't, if that didn't exist, my problem would have been the Alcatraz scene because what the fuck was the Alcatraz scene? <laughs> what was that all about? It served no purpose. Yeah, to the movie at all, apart from giving Phil Hartman a scene. It it did nothing. No. Even if they like brought something back because mm. they were talking about prison, even if like, they brought something back into the final act, I don't know. It just uh, made no sense to me. But anyway, the fourth wall break. Okay. I don't like four fall breaks. As a whole. There are some that can work. Right, so what is your third problem?
1: Okay, I'm gonna read you a bit of trivia from IMDB. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard Zeef signed on as director in 1989 and supervised multiple drafts of the script over the next year. In each of those drafts, Harriet was the murderer, though her motive for murdering changed in each draft. The final scene was always Charlie visiting her in prison, where she was halfway through her sentence, bringing her a cake for their anniversary. Modeled after the end of Some Like It Hot, previously commitment-phobic Charlie had realized, other than the stabbings, Harriet was really the perfect wife, and that nobody's perfect. I prefer that. I would prefer it if she actually was a murderer.
0: Yeah. I think, though, that the way the movie is just now, I think that would have been anticlimactic, though. If it was just, like, he suspects her, he suspects her, he suspects her, yes, she is. I mean, how could you really How could you really end that?
1: But that's funny to me, because, like, he suspects her, he suspects her, so you assume that she's not, right? Do you,
0: though? I think so, yeah. Right. I I, I added that I watched this in Letterboxd mm-hmm. today. And their description says that it's his parents who tell him that who think that she might be Mrs. X and he goes against his parents, wishes, marries her anyway. And then he starts to believe his parents might be right. That is not true. That doesn't Mm. happen in this movie. It's not his parents. It's him the entire time. Yeah. But that would have made more sense if it was his parents, like going by what you were saying, the ending that you mentioned, because then he would realize his parents were right. Yeah. Yeah
1: i just i don't know i just thought it'd be more interesting that and it's like there was something about the ending like her at the coffee shop like watching him do his shitty poetry like that it was just too cheesy and happy and i would have liked something a little darker yeah
0: or even if she get blamed for the murders anyway yeah that would have been dark <laughs> yeah she ended up in prison
1: i just i just the the ending was a little unsatisfying
0: to me no definitely I think the entire movie's unsatisfying. To be honest, I wasn't a big fan of this this time round. I, I I thought this was funny when I was younger, but now I'm like, well, is that it? <laughs> it's that he he's saying hello. Wow, here is. And everybody around about him is like pissing themselves laughing at him doing that.
1: I've never been, like, I do like his movies, but I've never been a huge Mike Myers fan. Like, it's, everything's so over the top. Like, when I watch Austin Mm -hmm. Powers, Mm -hmm. I enjoy it, but it's so over the top. It's not necessarily my humour.
0: I I only really like the first Austin Powers movie. I don't like, when they introduce Fat Bastard, I don't Mm -hmm. like it. Not because of the accent, but because it's just a horrible, terrible character. (laughs) Just talking about bodily functions and crapping and stuff like that because he's fat. (laughs) haha. I don't know. I'm starting to think that maybe I liked Wayne's World because of Dana Carvey. (laughs) Because I do like Garth. Yeah. I think Garth was a really nice sweet character and um, I I love Wayne's World too. I haven't seen it in ages but I do remember liking that more in the first movie and I do like the first movie. We're not going to cover
1: them. Okay.
0: Why not? (laughs) I don't think that but it's the same We're like not covering something like satire, it's it's, it's not going to be... There's not going to be much in it that... Because it, it's aiming to be silly and crude and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's it, we, we can't pick at it for being crude at, or problematic if it's aiming to
1: be that way. I'm sure I could find something.
0: Right, I may pick Wayne's World one day then, right? Just so I can watch it again. I don't remember it very well. But... I love I love those movies. Um, I'm sad we never got a third one. My positive... Is the opening credits, apart from the fact it's the first time we hear "There She Goes," mm-hmm. um, and it's played another three times after after this. Uh, but like the, the first version we hear is the Boo Radley's cover version, mm-hmm. and then it's the last version later on. Um, don't know why they had to cover it just to put it over the beginning credits. But I like where the the camera, where the camera, and we're following, and we go into the we go into the place, the po- poetry place, and we just sort of holding a cup and I just liked that. It's when she puts the cup onto the plate onto the, the um, tray. And then it's uh, it's like we're walking around with the cup. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was quite, it was giving something else to the opening credits rather than just opening credits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then we would follow the cup, the cup get washed and it got cappuccino in it and then taken over to Mike Myers. I thought that was quite clever and a good way to start the movie. And then the movie just sort of fell apart. Mm-hmm. I thought that was clever. And then Mike Myers goes, "Hello," and I'm like, "Okay, I might." Yeah. Uh,
1: so, what's your positive? I guess I'll say Nancy Travis. I uh, remember seeing her in a lot of things in the '90s and really liking her. And I kind of forgot about her. And she has a um, a warmth that I really like, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I think I wish she was the killer because she so does not seem like a killer. Yeah. And I just I was I was actually a big fan of hers in the nineties and I kind of forgot about it till I was watching this. I'm like, Oh yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked her. She's in the Three Men and a Baby, Three Men and a Little Lady. And then now she she was on Last Man Standing, which I had no interest in. So I haven't seen her in anything in a really long time.
0: Yeah. Well we covered
1: Three Men and a Baby. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's the only other movie of hers we've covered, isn't it? Yeah. And we've covered we've done a movie with Brenda Fricker before because she's the the Bird Lady in Home Alone Two,
1: yeah.
0: Phil Hartman was in that Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie.
1: Oh right, I forgot about that. Jingle All the Way. Yes, covered that.
0: Um, but he's barely in this. But mm. yeah. Hit me with some trivia, Jen.
1: Okay. Uh, while shooting scenes in the butcher shop, Nancy Travis was distracted by Mike Myers' antics and accidentally cut off the tip of her middle finger on her left hand when chopping vegetables with a kitchen knife. Travis kept shouting, cut, 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 which she meant literally, although the crew initially thought she was referring to the term for stopping the shooting of a scene. A local doctor sewed it back on. But, like, is that, I mean, is that true?
0: Did they sew it back on? Does she have, like, a scar around the tip
1: Apparently of the you can see a bandage on her finger at one point in the movie. Right, okay. When she takes the um, wedding rings out of the talcum powder. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm going to assume it's true. Uh, Sharon Stone was initially set to play the role of Harriet, but she wanted to play Rose as well, and the studio denied her request, so she pulled out. But she wanted to play both characters.
0: Also, twin sister, sort of thing. Yeah. Right? That would have been interesting. Not with Sharon Stone, because I don't think she could have done the Rose part, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, no, it would have worked either way, either character. But I think that having an actress play twin sisters would have been an interesting way to go about it. Or hiring twin actresses. They exist. Well, and
1: Mike Myers played two
0: characters. Yeah, exactly. He always does. Yeah. <laughs> He always plays more than one
1: They did try to cast his father But they couldn't get any of the people they wanted Right Um, And then I guess at the read-through He was doing the voice himself And they were like, why don't you just play him
0: Don't know why his dad had to be Scottish though
1: I don't know I found the most ridiculous IMDB trivia I've ever seen in my fucking life Nice! That's what we like to see (sighs) It's bad Uh, It's long So buckle in The characters of Harriet and Susan would go on a double date respectively involving Charlie and Tony. Nancy Travis, who has the role of Harriet, shares a birthday with musician Leonard Cohen. Since Leonard Cohen had a song called Suzanne and the ladies of that first name involved in his life, it should be noted that Suzanne is a French variant of the name Susan, and sometimes its Suzanne pronunciation can be a secondary pronunciation aside from the usual Susan – in some instances of names using Susan as a spelling. That's awful. Why Why is that trivia even there? I don't even think we
0: hear Susan's name in the movie. She's in it one, it's Debbie Mazar, and she's in it one scene. She's credited at the end as uh, Tony's girlfriend, Susan. Mm. But I don't think she's named in the movie.
1: So we go from talking about the characters' names to Nancy Travis... Shares a birthday with Leonard Cohen, and Leonard Cohen has a song called Suzanne. Like out of all the reaches I've seen on IMDb, where people are like, "There's this connection and this connection and this connection." Like this, mi- why do we care about the pronunciation of Susan?
0: That <sighs> if there's anyone listening who puts stuff up on IMDb, just know this, right? Coincidences are not trivia. (laughs) It's bullshit. It doesn't matter. That is the dumbest fucking thing I've heard today. I've heard a lot of dumb things in my life. I've said a lot of dumb things in my life. But nothing like that. Whoever wrote that should be ashamed of themselves.
1: And then uh, I just now noticed, you know, there's the thing where you can mark whether or not it's interesting. And it says three of six found this interesting. Three of six. <laughs> so half so, the people who actually went to the trouble of marking whether or not it's interesting, found it interesting. Those three people, yeah. I hope they were kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Or
0: maybe they just found the fact that she shares a birthday with another celebrity was interesting. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity, but I share birthday with celebrities. So Same. Although one of them has passed away. So Who? Uh, Luke Perry. Oh, okay. And Michelle Trachtenberg. Nice. She's not dead, but she's...
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> Her career is.
1: I've got Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood? Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, and Alan Alda. Nice. And I couldn't tell you which ones, but I know that I share birthday with a guy from Backstreet Boys... A guy from In right. and a guy from Ninety Eight Degrees, but <laughs> all the same. <laughs> like I thought that was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But if I ever meet Alan Alda or Elijah Wood, I have <laughs> I I have an opening. To yeah. Say.
0: I also share a birthday with I think Don French, who's a British comedian. Yeah. I share a birthday with her. I think she's eleventh of October as well. But yeah, Luke Perry and Michelle Trachtenberg, two Buffy connections,
1: and uh. Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman got married the day I was born. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know what happened the day I was born. I was born. That's that's what happened the day I was born. I don't know if there was anything else.
1: Wikipedia has all that shit.
0: It's probably nothing interesting, though. I'll look it up later. I'll look it up after. The, um, unless you can look it up right now. Let's see. Right, while you look for something, I'm going to say some of my notes I know Stuart is in the USA, but he wouldn't say soccer. He'd still say
1: football or because he's Scottish. Seven out of twenty people found that um interesting. <laughs> it was that it was in the same screenshot as the thing I just read. So I, like <laughs> I was like, but that's more interesting than the other trivia. Yeah. The Pentra
0: the Pen travel it. Pen- travel it that they talk about, the secret organization that they talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Netflix show called that starring Mike Myers about a secret society. So he actually went and made a TV show about it. Yeah, I heard about that. Anthony LaPaglia Lepag- is clearly breaking when Mike Myers is doing his Stuart stuff. When Stuart's just shouting and making jokes about the kid's head. You can see Anthony LaPaglia and he's actually laughing. He's trying to stifle it. McCune's export. Stuart drinks McCune's export. I have tasted McCune's export. I'm Scottish. (laughs) Real Scottish martial arts would be called Fuck You, Ya Cunt. Not just Fuck You. (laughs) The the movie really likes There She Goes by the Laws.
1: Yeah, I really like that song. It's a good
0: song, but four times. Um, The beginning and the end make Sense because the beginning is a cover and then the end is the original, so that makes sense. Putting it in another two times in the mid, like during the movie, is a bit much. There's a photo of the Queen Mother on a dartboard in the bathroom, so Stuart must sit in the toilet and throw darts at the Queen Mother while taking a dump. <laughs> that's weird because Scottish people don't like the royal family, that's the joke. And the Queen Mother was alive at the time, so
1: oh, by the way, you share a birthday with Cardi B. Oh, I mm. There you go.
0: It was years and years and years ago that I looked it up when I shared birthdays. So there's there's probably people who have now become famous that I share a birthday with. <laughs> uh, blah 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 blah. Two f bombs. I said that. I rented this on Amazon for two pounds forty nine. And Amazon it tells you it gives you buzzwords for describing the movie, mm-hmm. right underneath the title. And the buzzwords for this were comedy, romance, passionate, and unsettling. <laughs> unsettling. Alright. Matt Doherty, who uh plays Heed or William, he played Everman in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Between Mighty Ducks 2 and 3, he made this movie. Alright.
1: Oh I know I know what happened on your birthday, by the way.
0: Right, give me a second, I'll finish mm. this one off then you can say that. Uh, Myers Mike Myers and Brenda Fricker would appear together again in a movie called Pete's Meteor in nineteen ninety eight. It's an Irish movie, and I watched the trailer, and Mike Myers' Irish accent isn't good. <laughs> so, but I've never seen the movie, but they, they they appear in the trailer together, they talk to each other in the trailer, so that's good. They work together again. So, what happened to my birthday?
1: It's very exciting. Very exciting.
0: <laughs> here we go, here we go.
1: George Washington is posthumously promoted to the grade of General of the Armies. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> that's what happened the day you were born.
0: So the most important thing that happened the day I was born was I was born. So that's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> me
0: and all the other people that were born on the same day. Oh, um, what's her face? Not Zoe Deschanel, or sister. Um,
1: Emily Deschanel. Yeah. She was born the exact same day as me. Yeah, I saw
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was born the exact same day as me.
1: No, there are quite a few people that share a birthday with you whose names I recognized. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you've got a good birthday. Like who else? Uh, Justin Lin. He directed um mm-hmm. most of the Fast and Furious movies and the paintball episodes of Community. Right. Petra Hayden, who is a musician. She's a violinist. She's really good. MC Light. I don't know who that is. God, I'm I'm blanking on. Her big song. Let's see. Uh, well, modern musicians, part can can't be, obviously, because I've heard that name,
0: but other ones, I'm just like, I don't know who that is.
1: Emily Chanel, Matt Bomer, who's an actor. Mm-hmm. That's right. Artie Lang, who's a comedian. Right. Michelle Trachtenberg. Okay, I thought I saw more, but maybe I didn't. I don't know how to people are. That's good though. have got a good selection. Yeah. A lot of cricket and tennis players. And then, of course, Cardi B.
0: There's a lot of people born the same day as me.
1: Oh, and Elmore Leonard. All right. And then uh, Alfredo Bracci, Bracci? an Italian author, screenwriter, and songwriter, died the day you were born.
0: Uh, Maybe I'm the reincarnation of an Italian (laughs) writer-director.
1: Mamma mia! Oh, my God. (laughs) We should do some research about him, then. Nah. Oh, Angela Lansbury died on your birthday last year. Yeah, I know. I know, that's a shame. Yeah, I forgot to look up the deaths, so I was just looking up all the deaths. Like, how depressing is that? Like, you can look up (laughs) who died on your birthday.
0: Very depressing. Have you ever looked up yours?
1: I'm doing it now. (laughs) I know I have, but I don't remember, (sighs) you know, what I saw. Let's see. Not that many interesting people have died on my birthday. I don't know why that depresses me. That no one interesting died on my birthday. <laughs> That's kinda weird. Although, yeah. hold on. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. What? The that that depressed me? That
0: depresses you that no one no one that you've heard of died on your I birthday. I mean, you
1: got Angela Lansbury. True. Um actually, hold on, let me find it. Yeah, the challenger did explode on my birthday when I was four. Right. So So there you go. Now now that I now that I find, found one I'm not happy. So there's an episode of Punky
0: Brewster that is focused on your birthday. It's
1: about the Challenger.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The episode about the Challenger. Rocket blown up. So I'm going to quickly go through who is on the Scottish Wall of Fame in um, the Mackenzie House. For what I can see, there's one picture I can't see who it is. But the rest of the photos on there is Sir Harry Harry Louder, who was a singer, and he was the highest paid star in the English-speaking parts of the world in the early 20th century. Sheena Easton, Mm -hmm. the singer. Alexander Graham Bell, who patented the first working telephone. Billy Connolly, comedian and actor. Sean Connery, actor. Uh, He was made a sir after this movie, but not because he was a in this movie uh, but yeah he was made a Sir Jackie Stewart who was a racing driver he was also made a Sir after this movie so I imagine that if they were Sirs before it, it would have said Sir on mm-hmm. the pictures and Jackie Stewart up until 2015 he was the only British driver to win three champion- championships and uh, racing cars very very fast but uh, Lewis Hamilton's beat that now um, and Robert Burns or Robbie Burns uh, who is a poet Scottish poet, very popular poet. He wrote the song "Old Lang Syne." So yeah, that's all who's on the wall of wall of Scottish Wall of Fame. Anyway, next week, Jen, it's time for the wheel. We're going to spin the wheel. Enthusiasm, please. Oh yeah! Whoa! So we're going. <laughs> so we're going to spin the wheel, and I have taken off Grease 2 for obvious mm. reasons. I did add Ishtar to it. But then I took Eshtar off and added Xanadu. We have another musical on okay. the wheel. So I'm going to spin the wheel, Jen. Yes. Oh, what's it going to be? Oh, please get past that. There we go. Don't know if you can see it. So okay. Man.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: <laughs> isn't soul man the
1: whole reason we decided to pick movies that we hadn't seen yeah yeah just to have an excuse to watch soul man yeah oh my god do you you want to know something funny Obvious. like assuming we record at the normal time at 11 on sunday that exact mm. same time 11 on sunday mm-hmm. c thomas howell is going to be at the outsider's house museum in tulsa oh right So instead of recording, I could go confront him about the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was going to
0: ask if we can do Monday instead, because we don't have Daisy on Monday.
1: (laughs) So you can't go and see see, Thomas Hill. So I've met him. Yeah. Like the worst fundraiser I've ever been to in my life. Yes, I met him and Ralph Macchio. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe maybe if this uh, movie offends me enough, I'll go find him.
0: (laughs) That's another 1986 movie we're doing. After The Boy Who Could Fly and The Golden Child and Cobra. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and Bruce Broughton did the music for Soul Man, The Next Murderer, and The Boy Who Could Fly. Okay. Hopefully he didn't do the music for Soul Man, because then I'm going to have to complain that his music's garbage. <laughs> right, so that's all we have time for. If you'd like to follow the podcast on Fred's, you can. It's Shifty Bench Pod. Uh, shiftthebench.co.uk is the website contact at shiftthebench.co.uk is the email address
1: where can people follow you online Jen? Pilot at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter and for some reason you know because that place is dying Mm -hmm. but for some reason I've tweeted more in the past week than I did in the past year so
0: right well I no longer have Twitter so (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen any of your, your tweets so thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time goodbye
1: bye The size of that boy's head.
0: I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh. You're gonna give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. Shh. Heed, move.